Welcome to Inspiring Minds, powered by the Edison Awards, where we showcase the leading innovators from across the globe. I'm your host, Jennifer Trammell. As the COVID-19 pandemic was spreading around the world in early 2020, the orthoclinical diagnostics team pulled together in record time to create fast, highly accurate COVID-19 testing. Ortho was the first company to launch high-volume COVID-19 antibody and antigen tests with FDA emergency use authorization. Their work has been recognized with a Bronze Edison Award. Nadav Kaufman is Senior Director of Global Marketing, Clinical Lab Menu, and Innovation at Ortho Clinical Diagnostics. Nadav, welcome to the Inspiring Minds podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Jennifer. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, we are so glad to have you with us because everyone has a lot of curiosity around how these tests that really affect the entire world came to be. And I'm hoping you'll start by taking us back to March 2020. What was it like? And tell us a little bit about these tests and how the world events really pushed your team into action. Yeah, absolutely. So March 2020, we had started hearing rumblings from some of our collaborators in the industry. They were telling us, hey, you know, this virus is getting serious. We think the world might need antibody tests. Um, So we started hearing that from them. We quickly got a team together and talked through what ortho can do to make an impact on the pandemic. And the thing we came up with very quickly is, you know, look, we can bring to market antibody tests that look for antibodies to the virus. Normally, developing a test like that might take two and a half, maybe three years. But we knew this virus was urgent. We knew it was growing really fast and we had to act quickly. So the team got together, came up with a plan. And Jennifer, within 19 days, we launched our first test. That was an incredible achievement, something we never even imagined that we could achieve. And yet in 19 days, we had a test. 19 days for something that usually takes, what, two to three years? Two to three years, solidly. Yeah. That is incredibly fast development. So how in the world was the team able to pull this off? And what was it like for them during this time? You know, the the world is changing rapidly around us. There's a lot of unknowns and kind of this scary environment. Your team is hunkered down in the lab. Tell us what that environment was like. Yeah, so our R&D scientists were incredible. It It was a very scary time. It was a very intense time, but it was also a very inspired time. What they did is they... Uh, They were very fortunate. We had not long prior launched another test for one of the many infectious diseases that we already test for. Um, And so what they did is they looked at that test structure and realized that they could switch out some components on that test and have it instead look for antibodies to SARS-CoV-2. Now, that sounds really easy, but it's actually a very complex task and you need a variety of very specialized materials. So one of the first tasks was to source those specialized materials. And so they actually scoured the world for Uh, for antigens to put in the test. Um, They found some candidates, they tested those candidates, and they found ones that were most promising. Now, at the same time, um, we're starting to think about where this test might apply, how it could help, and how we would even bring it to market, and what were the structures. The FDA had made available a structure called emergency use notification and emergency use authorization. And so we're working on the thinking about how to bring it to market um, in an FDA-compliant way while the R&D team is working on how to develop it. So they started with the test we already had. They switched out some relevant components. They sourced samples, which was very, very hard at first. It's important to note that what was happening at the time is there was definitely a need for tests and everybody was hoarding samples. In the US, there were not many patients with COVID quite yet. 
it was starting to grow, but it was just starting. And so universities and university hospitals who were seeing and identifying this test, they were keeping those samples because they wanted to develop their own tests. They wanted to try to find ways to help and make an impact in the pandemic as well. So one of our first challenges was finding samples. That was a key, uh, a key issue. Once they got enough of those, they tested those against a number of formulas that we tried. And frankly, the scientists will tell you they got very lucky. And, and one of the early formulations they tried worked well. Now, there's still a lot of testing that has to happen. So normally we're a very family-oriented company. You know, we work normal hours. Uh, we don't work 24 hours in the lab. And so this became very, very different. Uh, R&D sought volunteers to do the testing. And all of a sudden we were working two and three shifts, working overnight and had more volunteers than we needed among our, among our scientists to get this product going, get it tested and find a way to get it out the door. The other thing we did is we ramped up a whole new manufacturing capability in our Rochester, New York facility that we had not used in a large scale in the past. So that was a whole nother endeavor uh, that was done at the very same time as developing this brand new test. Well, their luck has certainly proved to be the good fortune of all of us as, as patients and part of the medical community. So how much awareness did the team have of what was going on outside of the lab, outside of their research in the world during this time? You know, I think they were following it very, very closely. And, and you remember, this is March 2020. The news was was very, very hot on COVID, as it still is today. But at the time, the news was very hot in, in a way that evolved from day to day to day. And, and we were seeing the numbers growing dramatically from day to day. So they were watching this very closely. And they realized that they were putting themselves and their families at risk, right, by continuing to come to the office when we had just all, of course, scattered to our, our remote work locations. And yet these people were all coming in, working closely together in close quarters uh, and, and really just doing their best to be safe and avoid getting the virus themselves. I mean, they literally had to leave their families sometimes, right, to be in the lab uh, while they're watching the news and hearing of cases start to ramp up right where they lived. It was a very scary time for them, but, but they were super committed and super energized because they knew how much this meant. Yes, very motivating during that time. These initial tests are what earned you the Edison Award, but Ortho has continued to develop new tools from there. Tell us about that. Yeah, you're right, Jennifer. In fact, let's go back and talk about these initial tests for a moment. So in March, we decided to move forward with antibody tests. By April 3rd, we had launched our or released our very first um, total antibody test with emergency use notification. And then just 11 days later, we got the full emergency use authorization for that test. Then on April 25th, Right, another 11 days after that, we, um, we released the second test, the IgG antibody test. And then by May 11th, we had already announced a collaboration with Quest Diagnostics to make that test broadly available uh, throughout the United States. So this was growing and growing. So we followed those two tests uh, throughout 2020 with several developments of those tests. And then the next challenge was an even bigger challenge. So Jennifer, we're fundamentally a blood testing company. As a blood testing company, we say blood testing, but to be fair, we test blood and other uh, bodily fluids. Uh, but that's what we know. We know how to test fluids. What we didn't really know how to do was how to test a swab. And the virus needed to be tested in two ways. It needed to be tested. Um, people needed to be tested for antibodies to see whether um, they had an immune response to infection. But we also needed to test people to see whether they were actively infected. To do that, we can test them with PCR, a molecular test, or we can test for the antigen. The PCR looks for genetic material um, in, um, on the virus or in pieces of the virus, to be fair. Antigen tests look for a particular protein 
um, on the surface of the virus. We realized that there was a need for these antigen tests to make testing for the virus much more available because the PCR tests, while very accurate, were also very expensive. They tend to be labor-intensive to run. They tend specialized equipment and specialized training to do. Well, antigen tests um, could be deployed very quickly on over a thousand labs in the United States that already had our equipment. So we set out to shift ourselves from being a company that purely tests effectively blood and, and other bodily fluids to one that can test swabs. Now to test a swab, you can't just put a swab on an analyzer that knows how to test liquids. First, we had to get the virus off that swab. So the team um, studied how to do this. They figured out a way to extract the virus from the patient swabs and actually tested on our instrument. And that led to the launch at the very end of last year, end of 2020 and the beginning of early 21 of our COVID antigen test. And that antigen test has proved to be hugely impactful uh, with, with many millions of tests being sold and used across the US and around the world to test patients and uh, either confirm uh, positivity or negativity on the test. Nadav, there are so many different types of tests on the market. You know, some of us have had that experience of going through a drive-through and having a swab put up our nose. Talk to us about where Orthos tests fits into this landscape. We have two types of tests, the antibody test and the antigen test. So the antibody tests are a blood test. You'll go to your doctor or to a, uh, to another location and get blood drawn, and they'll run that in the lab. And we're just looking for antibodies to the coronavirus. The other type of test is an antigen test. And you you asked about uh, getting a swab um, in your nose. Um, that swab can be tested in a couple of different ways. It can be tested using PCR or molecular testing. Um, that's looking for genetic material from the virus, or can be tested using an antigen test, which is looking for a protein on the surface of the virus. They both um, are a way to essentially test to see whether you have um, a COVID infection or not. Our test is an antigen test looking for those proteins that we talked about. Tell us about the existing technology that you really innovated upon to create this COVID test. Oh, Jennifer, so we've been innovating in infectious disease for many, many years. Um, we have a number of firsts um, in hepatitis and other infectious diseases. As it happened, we had launched another test for another infectious disease um, not that long prior. It was a very well-performing test. We were able to swap out a key component on that test from the other infectious disease to uh, a SARS-CoV-2 specific component, which allowed the test to respond to SARS antibodies rather than the ones from the old test. So in effect, we had the building blocks, we had that infrastructure, we were able to simply make it specific to SARS. And I'm thinking about innovation going forward. It's almost like you have the Lego building blocks in place and you can create all different kinds of designs. How mm -hmm. useful this will this be to the team going forward? Oh, it's very useful. And, and you know, we still do that when we develop other tests. We, we rarely start from scratch, from blank slate. We often look at what designs we've had in the past that have worked very, very well and perform highly in their category. And we use those to leverage those designs and, and adjust them accordingly to the new tests that we're targeting. So we were able to do the same thing again for another COVID test that we launched um, earlier this year for the nuclear capsid. So Jennifer, we were able to leverage an existing test that we had launched not long prior for another infectious disease and then swap out a key component to make it specific to the SARS virus. We use this approach regularly where when we look to develop a new test, we'll look at our portfolio of 170 some existing tests and look at what's the, the closest to it and what's the highest performing um, approach that has already worked for other tests and we think can be modified to the new test. That's a much faster path to getting to an excellent test than starting from scratch, starting from the ground up. We did this in fact, 
Just not long ago, early this year, we launched yet another COVID antibody test, this one for the nucleocapsid, which can be used to identify immune response specific to SARS-CoV-2 infection and not to vaccination. Innovation clearly plays a huge role here, and innovation is at the heart of the Edison Awards. Tell us more about that role of innovation at orthoclinical diagnostics. Yeah, Jennifer, so we've been innovating for over 80 years now in the diagnostic space, and I think we're very fortunate that we have some exceptional scientists who some of them are very, very well known in the industry, especially in infectious disease. Um, and so uh, this team likes a challenge. They like making a difference. Uh, they, they pride themselves on, on being at the center of what's happening um, in these testing areas, particularly infectious disease. And so when they were presented with this challenge of first making antibody tests and then making antigen tests, I think they relish the opportunity. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have very supportive leadership that also believes strongly in innovation and believes in, in pushing the science forward. So we really, we've been building on this history of 80 years of innovation. And then in January, 2020, uh, we hired um, a new chief innovation officer and he's really been an, an additional breath of fresh air um, that's continued to encourage and really support innovation, support pushing the science forward, pushing uh, the testing forward in a way that, um, you know, encourages us to do things that we didn't know we could do. We didn't know that we could test swabs. We never even imagined that that was an option for us. And yet here we are as, as one of the only two companies in the United States that offers a high throughput antigen test. And think about what's going to be possible going forward with that innovative mindset building on eight decades of history. Really That's the right, Jennifer. In fact, we have we have a couple technologies. I can't get into a lot of detail because they're still confidential. But there's a couple technologies we're developing that we're really, really excited about that we think can really change the game in a number of ways um, in the marketplace in lab testing. Ortho Ortho changed the game many years ago when we brought dry chemistry testing to a market where all chemistry testing was wet. We built on that heritage from Kodak, um, and you know now we've brought forth these COVID tests, and we look forward to bringing forward some exciting innovations. Um, that you can look for here in the next few years. Excellent. Your brand promise is because every test is a life. What does that mean to you and the team? You know, it's funny. We, we actually start almost every meeting with reminding ourselves what that means, Jennifer. Um, it is a way to keep us focused on why we do what we do. We don't do this in order to sell more tests. We don't see every test as, as a dollar or, or a cent. We see it as something that can impact your life, Jennifer, or your family, or your mother, or your father, your children. Uh, that's what we see these tests at, and we see them as impacting our own families' lives. We really look at what we do as a way to impact the healthcare of the people around us and the people around the world. You know, one statistic we like to talk about is, is that our tests today are so widely used that we impact approximately 800,000 patients every day. Um, and we're looking to rapidly see that grow to a million tests, a million patients a day, um, and even more. The more lives uh, we can impact positively, uh, the more we are living our mission. And that's got to be unifying and motivating for the team, I would imagine. Absolutely. Ortho has now earned four Edison Awards. What does this recognition mean to you and the team? You know, the team really appreciates the Edison program and the Edison Awards, but we really see it as as confirmation of the innovation that's, uh, that comes out of this, uh, this organization and of the value of, of what it does. We know that Edison Awards are not earned easily. We know that they're very meaningful. And so you know, when the team earns Edison Awards, you know, we think that's just one more way to show that what we're doing is meaningful, that it impacts patients, that it impacts society in a positive way. 
Nadav, a few months ago, you launched a quantitative antibody test. Tell us what that means and how it's different from the other types of testing. Oh, sure, Jennifer. So the first tests that we launched and, and the tests that many of our um, competitors in the industry have launched are qualitative or semi-qualitative tests. And what that means is that they deliver either a yes, no answer. Yes, you're positive. No, you're not. Or uh, what we call a semi-quantitative. So they, they give you a number, but the number doesn't really mean a whole lot, right? So they, they might give you a number and maybe you get a 10 and your, your friend gets a 20. And, and I can tell you that 20 is bigger than 10, but I can't tell you that it's really twice as big as 10. And, and what, what we certainly can't tell you is that, well, gosh, she got a 20, so she's immune. And you got a 10, so you're not immune, right? We can't do that. Um, the quantitative test, first of all, is a way to know, to know with confidence that the numbers are are meaningful, that a 20 really is twice as big as 10, that 200 is really 10 times as much as 20. Let's start there. Secondly, it means that it's aligned to a World Health Organization standard. So if our test that's aligned to that WHO standard says that you're at 100, right, that's meaningful in an industry-wide way. And only with tests that have this standardized measurement, the standardized yardstick, a ruler, if you will, can we now start to correlate these antibody tests with some correlative immunity, right? The, the big thing we all want to know is, am I immune? Am I going to be sick? Right? And so the quantitative tests are the really important step to move towards that, to be able to numerically say, this is a level at which you're demonstrating immunity. And that's a level at which maybe you're not demonstrating immunity. We have quantitative tests for other infectious diseases like hepatitis B, for example, where we can know whether let's say you're vaccinated or, or you might need a booster. Now today, the science has not progressed far enough to tell you that at a certain level you're, you're vaccinated adequately or at another level you might need a booster. The quantitative tests are a key building block right, for researchers around the world to now be able to determine what levels of immunity correlate to protection or needing a booster or other different levels of, um, of, of vaccination and frankly might help um, nations with deciding on their booster programs, how to roll those out, who might need them, who may not. Um, and, and having this alignment to this standard from the WHO, the World Health Organization, means that everybody's now speaking the same language. We're all measuring with the same rule. So our quantitative antibody test is the first and currently only one in the U.S. And we really are hopeful that many others in the industry are able to follow um, and develop them. And that will really allow um, all the medical scientists to push that science and push the medicine forward so we have a better understanding of the virus. And really help us answer the questions that are important. Am I protected myself? What about my family? So your work is truly making an impact on all of us. Thank you. What's next for these tests? You mentioned the emergency use authorization, but that's got to end at some point, right? Yeah, you're right, Jennifer. And we don't know when it will end, but we're being very proactive now. We've already um, developed and filed with the FDA 510K applications in order to get um, our first two antibody tests fully approved. And we're working on the 510K application for our SARS-CoV-2 antigen test. So our vision is that we wouldn't have a portfolio full of emergency authorized products. We'd have a portfolio full of fully authorized, fully cleared products that will be part of our portfolio for the long run. Jennifer, unfortunately, uh, we believe that SARS uh, COVID-2 is going to be a part of our lives at some level for, for the long haul. Uh, we hope in a very, very small way, uh, but we do think that there will be testing for this product needed for many years to come. So we want it to be a fully approved part of the portfolio, not just emergency authorization. 
Well, Nadav, I want to say congratulations to you and the team for your Edison Award. And thank you. Thank you for putting forth this work that has had an impact on hundreds of thousands of millions of us as we try to wrestle with this pandemic. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And I just want to really give a shout out and congratulate the tremendous R&D team that um, brought this to market, um, our regulatory partners, and our supply chain partners, and, and the hundreds and hundreds of people in this company who pulled together and, and worked tremendous hours uh, like uh, they never have before to get this product out, or this set of products out to market for patients because every test is alone. You've been listening to Inspiring Minds, powered by the Edison Awards, showcasing the leading innovators from across the globe. If you're interested in submitting a nomination for the Edison Awards, visit edisonawards.com. I'm Jennifer Drammel. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us for our next conversation with another inspiring innovator.